Thank you so much for joining us for this message. Whether you're watching for the first time or you're simply catching up on a message that you missed, we're so glad that you are connecting to God's Word today. Our hope is that as you listen to the message, you'll experience a real encounter with God. Please consider giving financially to support God's work through our ministry. You will find several options to do that by clicking on the word Give in the menu on our website at kentwoodcommunitychurch.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we uh, read scripture together. Thanks, Eddie, for coming back and helping me. We're in the middle of a series, Victorious Living. We're at Romans chapter 8. You're welcome to open your Bibles, but we first encourage you to read along with us. I will start with verse 1. We're going to read through verse 11, and you will follow Eddie. Hear the word of the Lord, Romans 8, starting in verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we have, we sinners have. And, that, and, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4. He did this so that just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and never, and it will, and it never will. Verse eight. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from, from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Let's pray. And I'm asking today, Lord, that the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, will be pleasing in your sight. And as the prophet Samuel prayed long ago, we pray now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you, Eddie. You can have a seat. Yes, we are in a series declared victorious living. Victorious living. Let me pause and say that I believe that if you are hearing my voice right now, that I have prayed for you, even though I may not know each and every one of your names. And I believe that today will be one of those days you will be very glad that you have come into the house of the Lord. I believe that with everything that I have, Amen. that God has something special for you. Now the question as I prayed earlier is, are you going to listen? My prayer is that you will. For those of you online, my prayer is that you will have the capacity and the spirit will reach you wherever you find yourself and speak to you as well. Living victorious is a goal of everybody, is it not? Regardless of what you believe, 
Maybe you even struggle with this concept of Jesus, but we all want to be victorious. We wanna live such a life. As a matter of fact, the chapter in which we just read declares that for those who have faith in Jesus can be a conqueror, not just a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Another expression that you and I truly can live victoriously. Unfortunately, in my many years in the church, what I have experienced is this. I've experienced many believers living way down here where Christ wants you to live up here and you've accepted whatever role or whatever experience or whatever hurt or whatever pain you've gone through and you've just settled in down here. My prayer is that today you would be lifted up and be the person and live the life that Christ has always intended for you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Victorious living, believe it, receive it, take it, apply it in your life today. This whole series is walking us through, how do I get there? Last week, Pastor Michael started us out by just declaring, you've gotta surrender, it is simple as that. Complete control of your hands and your feet, your eyes and your mouth and your ears and your soul and everything about you and say, I surrender. I wave the white flag, unconditional surrender. Whatever you want, Lord, I am yours. Stop trying harder and start beginning to allow him to work in your life. Once we get to this point where we lay down our lives and we surrender, we must decide to give our lives over to the spirit of God. But let me back up for those of you that may be newer to the faith and may not understand the role of the Holy Spirit. The Bible's very clear. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And he's not a force and he's not an it. He's a person completely and is engaged now. The Bible's very clear what he does for us right now. John chapter 16 says that he is the giver of all truth. Anybody need some truth today? How many of you all been listening to a few lies and you said, I'm tired of it. I need some truth. John 16 says his role is to give you some truth. He is the guidance for all things for you today. Not only is he that in our lives, that he is the comforter. Anybody need some comfort today? You're going through it? The Holy Spirit already knows, and he is there for you. You need an intercessor. We're gonna talk about that momentarily. He is that for you. Anybody, John 14 says, he is the one who is our guidance in all things. He's our counselor. One that you may not like that he is, he's our convictor. He doesn't want to keep you where you are. He wants to move you where you always were intended to be more like Jesus. He's your teacher. As a matter of fact, what's happening right now in the supernatural realm is that as I speak humanly to you, the Holy Spirit is now speaking to your spirit. He's speaking into your situation that is uniquely you if you will listen. It can be some ways way different than what I'm even talking about, but that's his role. That's the beauty we have as the body of Christ, that as we proclaim his word, the spirit of God will do exactly what he needs. And most importantly, my friends, in this chapter, he's the one who indwells the believer. His spirit is living with inside our spirit. Can I get an amen? amen? That is the one who we are talking about today. And without him, all bets are off. We cannot and will not be able to be victorious no matter how hard you try. The role of Jesus is very clear right now. You go to Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus is now at the Father's right hand side, Hebrews says, and he is now interceding for you and I. Currently engaged with us is the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say all of that, my friends, here's what I understand. That for many of us, I, I like sometimes in teaching these kind of things to people who have no baggage and have no history. 
because new believers have no paradigm and they're like, teach me the word. But I know for many of us sitting here today, we have incredible history of our upbringing as our, our Christianity or our denomination or our churches and all of those things tend to, to shape us and form us. And yet, I believe that today we're in a moment where we truly need to hear what scripture says and we need to take all of that stuff and kind of set it over here and say, I, I want to push a, a reset button and I want you, Holy Spirit, to speak into my life through the word of truth. Can I get an amen? Because when I speak of the Holy Spirit, some of you are already have fear and you have preconceived ideas of what that looks like and what that means. If I say somebody lives in the Spirit of God, you're afraid, you're fearful that maybe there's going to be this incredible emotional experience and your personality is such that you don't, you don't like to see a lot of emotion and you don't want to experience and all that. And I'm here to declare to you today that you have emotion whether you, whether you think it or not. It just looks different in all of us. All shapes and sizes and forms. And you cannot deny that with God there is this, 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 this encounter of experience. You can't just throw all the experience and throw it over there. We do have experience with God. What we need to understand is that we don't depend on the experience. Just like I don't uh, depend on my, ex- uh, my emotions with my wife. I love my wife whether she's happy or whether she's not so happy. Right? It's the same with God. I don't depend on my, my emotions as to whether or not God loves me or whether I'm not following him. But yet, those experiences still are real. And we're fear. A lot of us, fear st- slows us down. I'm afraid of what would happen emotionally. I'm afraid that if I truly live the spirit life, that somehow I'll lose control. Uh, that's what last week was all about. I'm afraid that maybe I'll, I'll speak in a tongue or, or I'll have some kind of a mystical experience or some kind of healing or something like that. And I'm saying to you today, as I said in prayer, step out, fear not. Fear not and allow the spirit to rain down upon us. And what the Bible says is for every single one of us. And as we do this, my friends, my question to you is this. I know in my own life I need more of him. I want more of him today. I want more of God. My question to you is anybody else in the room, anybody else online want more of God? Anybody? Let me ask you again, if you want more of God, would you raise your hand? Who wants more of God? I think, let me see him, just keep him up for a second. I know, Lord have mercy, he's making me charismatic. (laughs) Keep your hands just up for a second. Can you imagine? God, this is like 100%. God, can you see the hands? You can put them down now. Everybody that can hear my voice, wherever you are in this journey, you want more of him. I'm here to declare to you from scripture, the only way that occurs is through the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. We need an experience of the Spirit. The day that we live in is calling for it. And I declare to you, church, fear not. Embrace him. You know, we went through this season in the church across America where we wanted to be seeker-friendly. And we didn't want uh, people that were kind of on a journey towards God to see anything that had any emotion or demonstration of God, that they would be freaked out and think that we're radicals and run off. And that that hasn't served us so well. Now, I'm not for anything that's manipulative or anything that's conjured up, but I'm not afraid of emotion of God showing up. Anybody with me? 
Because we already know in the book of Acts, right? When the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit fell down, they all looked at all of those people and they were speaking in different languages. And what did they say? They're all drunk. Did they not? They're all drunk. And then they found out it was too early in the morning. They couldn't be drunk. They just saw, they, they couldn't deny that God was present in that moment. What I know to be true is that when the Spirit of the Lord falls in a corporate setting, the scripture declares there is freedom. There's complete freedom. That means if your personality is to sit tightly in your seat with your head down solemnly to yourself, praise God, feel that expression. But if your expression is a little bit more like mine, you can feel free to do that also. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and not manipulation. Does this resonate with anybody that's in the house today? Because I believe whether you're a believer or not a believer today, what we're really looking for is authenticity. Uh, when God shows up, it's authentic and it's real. I may not be able to explain it all and I may not understand it all. All I know is I want some of that. I want some of that and I, and I know that that's what God is saying to us today. Let me encourage you that the days that we find ourselves in in this moment is dictating that our only option for victorious living, it will be by the strength and the intimacy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's my intro. Let me give you four essential truths that I believe will help us with this that you may or may not know about. The first is simply this, be filled. Be filled. Somebody say, fill me spirit. Say it again, fill me spirit. What I'm saying to you yet again is a biblical concept. Ephesians 5:18 clearly says, do not be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Paul's clearly saying, you make a choice. Which is going to influence you? Which is going to have domain over your person? Is it going to be alcohol? Or is it going to be the Spirit of God? Now, some of you will say, well, what does that mean to be filled? It means to give control. It means that I say to him, as we preached last week, Holy Spirit, you have, have control of my mind and my heart and my eyes and my hands and my feet and my person and my will and my future and my aspirations. You have it all. It's all yours. Holy Spirit, fill me completely. Have complete control of my life in every form and fashion. Now, you may be asking, but wait a minute. Uh, does that mean I didn't have the Holy Spirit before I'm to be filled? Absolutely not. Ephesians 1 13 and 14 says, when you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit in that moment came into your life as the guarantor, as the deposit, saying what you did, in fact, is real. But even though he is there, you must then decide, am I going to give up control and ask him to fill me? Does this not make sense to somebody? And this is what some of us have never done because we use a variety of words in our, our Christian tradition that's kept us away from it. Baptism of the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, somehow all these expressions have kept us away from really experiencing all that he wants in our lives. You see, in Romans 8.1, if you're still in that chapter, this chapter, by the way, Romans chapter 8, you should create space in your life to be there in this season of your life like no other season. This chapter is probably the most, one of the most important chapters of Scripture that teaches you and I, in the midst of all that we're going through, stay here because i got some answers for you in the midst of your struggle and your challenge. He says clearly in verse 1, if in fact once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, here's some good news, you ready? You are no longer condemned. There are so many Christians walking around today condemned. 
feeling as though you are a loser, feeling as though you can't. You're hearing me today, and what's happening immediately is the condemnation is all over you. Pastor, if you only knew what I said yesterday, if you only knew what I did, if you only knew my attitude, if you only knew my sin, that's why I somehow have to get my life together, and then I can apply what you're saying. That is a complete lie. Here's what you need to understand. When you have the Spirit of God in your life, you as a follower of Jesus, you are no longer condemned. You are free, my friends. Every single one of you are free. That is yours. Stop living the condemned life. Start living the life you were intended to do. The world is waiting, not for perfect people, but for people who understand who they belong to and who has their life and who is in control of all things. Can I get an amen? You are not condemned. And I will say to you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will feel conviction. Absolutely. There's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says you are a loser and you can't keep on going. Conviction is from the loving Holy Spirit. It says, I'm not going to let you stay where you're at. I'm going to continue to take you and shape you and mold you to allow you to be what you were always intended to be. I'm that faithful to you, says the Spirit of God. Amen? Now go to verse 5 of 8 um, of chapter 8. He says, this is the proof that you are filled with the Spirit. You ready? Convicting to me today. Spirit-filled people, it says in verse 5, think about things that please the Spirit. Spirit-filled people think about things that please the Spirit. Question, how often do you think about things that, cle- that please the Spirit? How long has it been since you thought about those thoughts? That will verify whether or not you're living a spirit-filled life or not. Whether you're grieving the spirit or you are making the spirit thrilled and joy of what your life is really all about. And my friends, what, you, what I want you to understand is that being, being, pleasing the spirit is truly simple. Two things if you're filled with the spirit and you're pleasing him. Number one, you will begin to receive the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Love and joy and peace. Anybody want that? And patience and kindness. Anybody want that? And goodness. Anybody want that? And self-control. Anybody want that? It's all promised to all of you all. He says, when you are spirit-filled and you, pl- and you want to please the spirit, all of a sudden transformation starts to happen in your life. And all of a sudden you will have the power to love. You want to see the proof of a spirit-filled life? You will love when it's impossible to love. You will love the people that do not want you to love them. You will love the people that have the worst intent for you. That's when you know you are spirit-filled. Does that make sense to anybody? It's transformation of our character. Now, the second piece of that, how I, how I, how I know that, is not just the fruit of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, which many of us are afraid of. And many theologians have said, oh, that was all back then and it has now ceased to exist and we no longer have the gifts of the Spirit. That is not what Scripture declares. Those gifts are applicable today in 2022. Can I get an amen to that? And the Bible tells us clearly, gives us from Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. And I don't have time to go into all of the lists that it says that all of us have these gifts. And you may say, I don't even know what my gifts are. We as a church want to help you. We always do. You can engage us so we can help you experience what is the gifts that God has given me. Gifts like intercession, gifts like helps, gifts like prophecy, gifts like teaching and giving and leadership and mercy and tongues and healing and wisdom and knowledge. 
and encouragement and miracles. Now here's the thing, folks, is that we're in a moment in history where you think about, well, what's the purpose of the gifts? I get this fruit, I can be more like Jesus. But once I become like Jesus, then a spirit for a person wants their life to then to make a difference. And then he says, I'm going to give you what you need to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the body of Christ. But here's what's happened. Right before COVID, we started to see the decline of I don't need the church anymore. And I can only show up to the church when it's convenient. They tell us, statistically speaking, that the average Christian in America attends once every six weeks. How in the world, if you attend church maybe 12 times or 15 times in a year, are you going to be a part of the body of Christ? And, that's, and then COVID hits. And then we're forced into isolation and we have this beautiful technology called online, which I am so thrilled for. So thrilled for it. But I will say again is that if you stay away from the body of Christ, then the body of Christ is not everything that it needs to be because it needs you. You are to be engaged in the body of Christ, exercising your gifts so that we all can be engaged to be able to be a blessing to God and to the world. And when you are not engaged there, we are missing something. Does that make sense to anybody? And what we see here is people are all about, well, I can love Jesus and be transformed, but you also got to use your gifts. And you can't use your gifts if you're not in community with the body of Christ. And so I encourage you to engage in such a way that we truly can see this happening today. The world needs this, and I'm here to declare we need it too. Amen? How do we get this filling? It's a simple prayer. I've prayed it. Anybody else? It's a simple prayer of faith. Oh, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit according to Ephesians 5.18. I, I don't care what it looks like or what it experience. I just want you. I want more of you. I don't want what this person says or that person says. I want what Scripture says. He says, be filled, so I want to be filled. Take control of my entire person and my body and my spirit, and I want you right now. And I, by faith, receive you into my life. Some of you have done that. Some of you have not done that. We are going to have an opportunity shortly, so hold on for that kind of response. The key point is simply this. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you today. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you today. The second thing is once you fill, are filled with the Spirit, the second thing I would say to you is accept his power. Accept his power. Somebody say, show us your power. Say it again. Show us our, your power. Romans 8, 2, second one, he says, and the power of the Spirit will give you power over what? Sin. How many of you said, I'm going to defeat sin and I'm going to go out and be the woman and the man that I'm always intended to be? How many have walked out of a service or an experience and said, I'm going to do it this time? Anybody? Then you know what it means when Romans 7, the chapter before says, and every time I try to do it, I do exactly the opposite. Every time I try to be good, I end up being bad. Why? Because you need the Spirit of God to give you the power to be who you're intended to be. You cannot do it by yourself. Totally impossible for us. And we, for the most part, the reason why we're not seeing the power of God in today's world is because we wanted it for the wrong reasons. We somehow got God as our little genie and we, we wave the, uh, the little lantern and, we, and, and God's supposed to pop out and we get our three wishes. It doesn't work that way. God's not going to give us power so that somehow he is subservient to us. That's not the God I serve. I'm a servant to him. I follow his lead. Can I get an amen? We need God's power displayed in these days. 
We will never, ever argue. I've not seen anybody come into the kingdom through argument. I said this weeks ago. That's the, that's the, the crazy thing about social media. Y'all get on and start sharing your opinions about this, that, and the rest, thinking somehow you're going to influence somebody. All you do is make people hate you more. You're not going to argue somebody into heaven. But the power of God is truly the opposite of that. You see, Jesus is our example. What did he do? He preached the kingdom, and he demonstrated the kingdom in power. The early church preached Jesus, and they experienced the power of God. Not just power over sin, have you know. Take you to 2 Timothy 1.7. Also, power to have courage and not fear. He did not give you a spirit of fear. And some of you who are listening to me online, you are in bondage to fear. And it has trapped you. Fear of the future. Fear of the diagnosis. Fear of our children. Fear of my jobs. Fear of this, that, and the rest. And I'm here to declare to you that God did not give you a spirit of fear but of power and of courage to stand in the midst of hell itself knowing you're not by yourself. He's given you and I that. Not just the power, not just the power over sin, but the power to be courageous. And not just that, Acts 1.8 says the power to be his witness. That you and I can go out in a world where we are now looked on and we are shunned and we are looked as freaks and we're looked as radicals and bigots and phobia and all the rest. And Jesus said before this all happened, by the way, they're going to hate you. They hated me. They're going to persecute you because they persecuted me. But I'm going to give you the power to stand up and know what you believe. And I will give you exactly what you need in the moment that you need it. Can I get an amen? And not only power for over sin and not only power to be courageous, not only power to be a witness, but power to see miraculous things happen. Just like the church began. Right? Am I the only one that's read it? Just like the church began, did we not see signs and wonders, yes or no? I'll ask you again. Eh, just like the church began, I saw signs and wonders and miracles. Did anybody else read that before? I'm here to declare to you today that just like it started, that's the way it's going to end. And we're going to need men and women that will stand up and have the faith to say, let God's power be shown today. And we get become less about us and more about him. Here's what you need to know. The power of God demonstrated is never for our glory, never for our church. The power of God demonstrated is always for his glory, right? Anybody resonate with for his glory, right? And that men and women will then come to Jesus. That's for the purpose of the power of God. However it plays out in your life or my life, are we willing to go there? But my question for us today is this, are we desperate enough? Are we desperate enough? Let me make it personal. Are you desperate enough? I was convicted this week. I said this to my team. I was at a conference. And I've had my moments where I was desperate. My wife lived overseas, and we were trying to love Muslims. I was like, oh, God. It, there's no talent that can do this. No charisma. No leadership. Nothing. It's got to be you. I'm desperate for you. When we planted the church in Detroit, I was like laying in front of my fireplace going, oh God, you're going to have to be the one to do this. I, I'm desperate. Please, God, show up. And in the last two and a half years of being your pastor, not because it's KCC, but because of the world we're in, my desperation, not my, my urgency has always been there, but my desperation, because when people are desperate, 
all of a sudden everything else doesn't matter. You following me? If your child is sick, you saw that in scripture, what are you going to do? You could care less about what anybody thinks. You could care less about all you want is to get your child healed, right? Whatever it takes. I'm declaring to you today that we're going to have that, have that kind of desperation as the body of Christ into the world in which we find ourselves in. Otherwise, we won't seek his power. We won't be filled. We'll just continue. It's been so easy for us as a church over the last 200 years. We've been in this spiritual bubble in America, in our faith. And that bubble has been busted. Now it's time for us to rise up and be the body of Christ and have a desperation about us. Are you ready to go there, church? I'll ask you again, are you ready to go there? My passion, be very honest, my passion it's not just to be your pastor and give you a good sermon. My passion is not just to make you feel good. My passion is not just to go through the duties of a lead pastor. My passion is to see the glory of God come upon this place called KCC in such a way that people from all over will hear about it. And when the power and the glory and the amazingness of God shows up, I will tell you one thing. I've seen it all over the world. It will draw all people unto him. What's happening at that church called KCC? And I say to God often in prayer, God, if not us, then who? And if not now, when? Why not us? Come and do whatever you want to do. I can't tell you what to do, but we're ready. I'll stand in front. I'll be in the front right there and say, Lord, how many of you want to join me? Lord, do your thing. Is there anybody that calls KCC home want to experience this kind of movement of God? Is there anybody here? And you may be newer to KCC and go, that guy is a radical, emotional freak. But it goes back to my statement about we are in desperate times. And I can woo and wow you to sleep. And you can go have your, your lunch while the entire time hell is happening all around us. And it's my responsibility to wake up the church through the power of the Spirit and say, now's the time. Are we desperate to be God's man or woman? The world is looking for God's power and they don't even know it, aren't they? They're looking in crystals and all spiritism all over the place. Are they not? Any of you that are with non-Christian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Are they not? We've got the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's changed your life, you need to live your life in such a way that others can see that and say, I want some of that. Can I get an amen? amen? Key point is this. It's time to ask for God's power to be displayed in our lives and in the church. And then we will be victorious. Be filled. Accept God's power. Let me give you the third. Pray in the spirit. Somebody say, teach me to pray, Lord. One more time. Teach me to pray, Lord. We're still in this same chapter, 8, 26, and 27. You ever experienced this? And there are moments when I do not know what I ought to pray. But the Spirit intercedes for me with groans that words cannot express. Anybody been there? It's in that moment that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you the ability to pray in such a way that connects to the Spirit of God. And we've got into arguments about, well, this is prayer language or this is not prayer language. And I'll just make it really, really clear. Prayer language is not explicitly in Scripture. It's implicit. But many who have a prayer language look at these kinds of verses and say, this is the example of God giving me utterances. And even Paul in Corinthians uses this expression in his own life. 
And I'm tired of arguing about whether you have a prayer language or not a prayer language. What I want is you as followers of Jesus Christ to have the freedom to allow the Spirit of God to intercede through you for the purpose of the kingdom, wherever that looks like and however that is manifested in your life. Can I get an amen to that? We need it today. Praying is critical because of the moment, as I said, we are in. But praying in the Spirit isn't just giving God your checklist. Praying in the Spirit is listening. What is he saying? Breathe. And listen, how long has it been since you've listened? Every time you go to prayer, you're intense in giving God all this thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we must listen to him and quiet ourselves before him to hear what he's saying in the moments in which we find ourselves in. You won't get it right every time, but we need to set prayer as a part of who we are in listening to God. But the question I ask us today, and we haven't been to this point, are we willing to pay the price to pray in the Spirit? Are we willing to pray the, pay the price? I'm not talking about just KCC. I'm talking about believers in general. We simply have not been willing to go there. I can take you around the world on a 15-minute hop of explanations where we see the movement of God. And every single movement with every people group has been bathed and purposed through prayer. That men and women coming together, sometimes two to three hours before service, asking God to come and meet with them. And by the time church has happened, they're already in the God is moving. And praying every single day as a church. And we as Americans, because we haven't been desperate enough. And we've had all of our, our excuses because uh, uh, this thing or that thing. And I'm here to tell you, we're in a moment where we got to be a church that's truly going to be desperate enough and say, we need you, God. Where we truly, as we come near to him, he'll come near to us. That's why I call you out tonight to come and pray. I don't know what it'll look like. You have people with all variety of traditions. But you can engage God with exactly the way he's made you to, to be in that moment. Can I get an amen? When we pray in the spirit, that's when things change. He's asking us, are we willing to go there? Aligning our hearts with what God has called us to do. Praying his kingdom. Our last prayer meeting that we have every fourth Friday here. I was talking to some staff and there was, we're back over 100 people. And it was incredible. And I walked away and we said, those are warriors. You that come. I mean, we stormed heaven's gates, hell's gates, earth's gates in the name of Jesus. We need more men and women that are willing to pay the price to pray in the Spirit and say, this is when it's all going to make a difference. I'm tired of the days where we try to stand and woo you and wow you and entertain you. That's over with. We're not going to woo you. We're not going to wow you. We're not going to entertain you. I'm here to call the body of Christ to stand up, live in the Spirit, get ready to do battle and stand and be, see the victory and the miracles of God. That's the reality of Scripture. My question to you is, who here really desires this kind of experience? Yes or no? The key point is simply this, asking the Holy Spirit to lead our prayers will change us and the world, and we will be victorious. Be filled, accept the power of God, pray in the Spirit, which will lead to my last point, and that is this, believe victory is secured. Believe that victory is secure. Somebody say victory. victory. Do you believe it today? If you're living those first three things, victory is yours, and Romans 8, 35 to 39 declares vic truths for victory. You may be in the middle of an incredible moment of struggle and hardship, but the beauty is that victory is secure regardless of what you're going through. 
Our God is able in the midst of your moment. What is your moment? What is your struggle? What is it you're going through? It's in that moment that God will shine up in such a way that you'll know that you know that he is there and he can do all things that we need in our moment. I make, us, I make this declaration. It is time, church. We have lived too long in the natural realm alone. That is a reality. we got to start living also in the supernatural realm. And we don't like it because we can't truly explain it. We can't truly put it on a piece of paper and in an outline for you. The other side of the, the earth, they understand the spirit world way better than we do. We want it all nice and uh, set out for us. But I'm here to declare to you that's putting God in a box. And God will never be put into a box. Ever will he be put into a box. And we need to understand we need to begin living supernaturally. We need to begin believing God for the impossible. Are you facing the impossible today? I serve a God of impossibilities. How many that can hear my voice, you believe that God still does miracles? Anybody here? Anybody believe that God can still do a miracle? I believe that. Anybody else? He says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you're living down here and God's saying, wake up, church. I want to give you so much more than you've ever experienced. I've already done all of this so that you can live victory in the midst of the challenge in which you face in your life. So he's saying to us today, are you facing death? Victory is yours. He's saying none of this can separate us from him. Here's what you need to realize today if you can hear me. You are not alone. You are not alone. And you will never be alone. He says, are you facing death? You're not alone. Are you facing the challenges of life? You are not alone. Are you facing the demonic strongholds? You are not alone. Are you facing the struggles of life? You are not alone. Are you engaging things that seem overwhelming? You are not alone. Whatever power and creation that comes against you, you are not alone. Go to Romans 8, 35 to 39. That's what it says right there. And you need to not only read it, you need to believe it today. Can I get an amen? The world is waiting as it will get tougher and more difficult. And I've said this a thousand times in my two and a half years here. It will be our finest hour. The more difficult it gets, the more the amazing glory of God will be seen. And I stand committed as the leader and the lead pastor of this church to lead by example, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you, to know that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Know that we will continue to see that candle lit, knowing that people will rise up and be followers of Jesus Christ. I believe that with every ounce of my being today. The question is, church, do you believe it today? Victory is ours. What does scripture declare? I can do what? I can do what? Through whom? Through whom? Who strengthens me? Let's say that again. I can do all things. Through Christ. Who strengthens me? One more time just for a little bit extra hope. I can do all things. Through Christ. Who strengthens me? How many of you believe that today? I've had my moments. I've had my moments where I was like, I can't do it. Anybody else? I've had my moments where I was saying to God, I don't want to do it. Anybody been there? 
I've had my moments where I said, Lord, I could go off into some UP, nowhere, no people loving you a whole lot better than this. But every single time, every single time, it's in that moment because I'm filled with the spirit that I am changed and I am transformed and I am motivated. It is short-lived because of the one who's connected to me. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to go there? It's time for victory in the name of Jesus. And I'm calling you out today for that. Are you ready for it? Is there anybody to want to be victorious today? Is there anybody in the crowd that wants to be victorious because they know they need to begin living in the spirit of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit? Here's what I'm going to do. I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask Brant to come on out. We're going to have a holy moment here. Don't you dare check out on me because this is the thing I told you will change your life. It will change your life. We're listening. We're listening, oh God. We're listening. Holy Spirit, we're listening. The days declare it. We need you. God, would you wake us up? Would you wake us up? We have been so, so complacent. God, would you begin to do something fresh in us? Would you begin to hear us? We cry out to you right now. We cry out. Go ahead and play, Brian. We cry out to you. We don't want to just be victorious. We want the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not just in a worship service, but as we're driving our cars and as we're mowing our yards, as we're working and as we're doing life, we want your presence through the good and through the bad. We need you. Oh God, hear our cry. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Would you stand with me? Go ahead and stand. This is a holy moment. And here's what I'm gonna call us to. Some of you will be, be very uncomfortable. Fear not. Step out and let the Holy Spirit begin to rain down upon you. I'm not afraid. Healing rain is coming on you. Healing rain emotionally and spiritually for you. I'm gonna pray in a moment a prayer that you can pray for the very first time if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to fill you. Or you can pray if you've lived in the Spirit and you just need the refilling of the Spirit in your life. I often preach about the Holy Spirit and about the filling of the Holy Spirit because I don't know about you, but I leak. So I need to be refilled over and over again. But church, are we desperate enough? I wonder... Maybe you, have any, you don't even know who Jesus Christ is and you need to come forward and just say, Lord, I, I accept you. I need you in my life. I want to begin this journey. What this guy was talking about, I'm like, woo, but I need that. Wherever you're at, whether you're in the balcony, whether you're in the galleries or whether you're in the first floor, I'm going to pray in a moment before I do as Brant plays. I just wonder if there's anybody else that's feeling what I feel today and you're wanting to pray the prayer together that I'm going to pray and you just come and kneel or stand up here and uh, that's it is there anybody is there anybody that wants to pray with me I'm, I'm coming down here to pray is there anybody else that's desperate come now uh, don't wait if you if your God's calling you won't wait 
because anybody else is coming. You're coming because the Spirit's saying, I need the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is to everybody. You may have the Spirit, but you want to be refilled in a way just like I want to be. Come now, come church, from the balcony, from the galleries. Who desires this right now? Come, we're desperate, we need you. We need you now. I need you, I need you. I need you. They're still coming. Obviously you can pray the same prayer from your seat, but there's something powerful about coming forward and asking the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do in our lives. If you truly wanna be victorious, we've gotta humble ourselves, right? We gotta humble ourselves and I don't care what anybody else thinks. I need something fresh and I need something new and I need it right here and I need it right now. All right? Here's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna pray together and you might feel a little bit uncomfortable but we're gonna pray out loud at the same time. Uh, You don't need to just have me pray. We all start praying together and just start asking the Holy Spirit to fill you completely. Does this make sense to anybody? And you can pray it in your seats, and you can pray right now, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And here's what I would say to those of you who are standing or if you're in your seats, here's a symbol. We've done it before, right here. Take your hands like this. That's a symbol of I'm receiving the Spirit. I'm receiving, I am trusting you and receiving you right now. If you want His Spirit, now would be the time to pray. So let's go ahead, so let's start praying right now. Come on, church, just start praying out loud in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, call out to Him right now, church, go ahead. We, we seek you, Holy Spirit. Go ahead and pray in Jesus' name. Pray that you want him and you're desperate for him. <clears throat> Surrender your life to him today, completely to him in every form and fashion. Holy Spirit, we need you right now. Holy Spirit, we cry out to you right now. I surrender my future. I surrender my will. I surrender everything in my life to you right now in Jesus' name. I give you my life. I give you my hands and my feet and my eyes and my ears and my mouth. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. Holy Spirit, come now and do that which only you can do. Receive him now in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit right now. And he would take control right now. Go ahead, church. Call it out in Jesus' name. Let him be who he needs to be in your life completely now. Give us your power. Declare it to him, not just his spirit right now. Say, give me your power, oh God. Ask for his power in the name of Jesus. Ask for power to say no to sin. Ask for power to be his witness. Ask for power to be courageous. Ask for power to see signs and wonders and miracles today that we would truly see the power of God today. May we experience it right now, oh God. And ask him to intercede for you. Go ahead, church. Say, Holy Spirit, intercede for me. Go ahead, intercede for me with groans that words cannot express. Holy Spirit, pray for me to the Father in the name of Jesus. Pray for me in the name of Jesus, oh God. Do what you need to do right here and right now. We pray that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the victory that we would no longer walk in defeat. We would no longer walk in condemnation, but we would have eyes that would see the way you see. We would have heart that would feel the way that you would feel. Come on, church, call it out to him in the name of Jesus. Think about those who do not know him right now. And in the name of Jesus, call out their name and pray and bring them before the throne that they would know Jesus Christ in these incredibly difficult days. May we truly experience that. We commit it to you right now. God, hear our cry right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The 
name that is above every name, at the name of Jesus, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Hear our cry today, O God. We intercede and stand in the gap. We ring the bell and we declare that you would have your way. Hallelujah. Somebody tell him that you love him today. Somebody truly engage with him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Second thing that I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us here today, whether you are in the balcony or whether you are in, uh, out here or whether you're up here, I want you, if you're there to come or if you're here to raise your hand, if you are needing, somebody's needing physical healing right now. And if that is you, if you're up front, raise your hand. And if you are out there and you believe you need physical healing, I want you to come with your hand raised. I believe the Spirit of God is here and we now then need to, as Spirit-filled people, need to begin exercising the gifts of the Spirit. Now raise your hand if you need healing. Raise it up so I can see your hand. Keep them up. And the rest of you come. If you need healing, you need to come quick. But those that have their hands up. Now, church, come on. The rest of you get around these people that have their hands up and start praying for healing in Jesus' name for them. I don't want one person without somebody around them. If you're walking down, keep your hand up. Right there beside you, Curtis, came somebody. If you have your hand up, that they would see and experience the healing of God. Everybody, if you need to come and experience the healing of God physically in your life, go ahead now. Be praying in the name of Jesus. The Bible declares that we are to call forth healing in the name of Jesus. We are to pray and anoint in the name of Jesus that God would hear our prayer right now. Go ahead, church. Pray for those that are now. Be the church for them. We receive this right now in the name of Jesus. Hear the healing for each and every individual right now. Go ahead. Call it out. Those of you that are standing in your seats, go ahead and intercede for those that are standing and needing physical healing today. We believe in the signs and wonders that God is going to do in our midst. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that you're hearing us. We thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. We thank you, God, for waking up your church today. We thank you that greater things are coming our way. You are, we are healed by your stripes. We are healed by your stripes. Go ahead and declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. May we see and hear and experience the healing of God. Amen and amen. The last thing that I would say to those of you before we dismiss, anybody needing emotional healing, raise your hand or come forward. Anybody needing emotional healing, raise your hands high. You don't have any um, pride. You need emotional healing right here, right down here in the middle, right here, right here, right here. Anybody that's coming that needs to come down, come with your hands up. We believe that the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to heal some people that have emotional damage in their life. Go ahead and start praying for them, church. Exercise your gifts. Go ahead and pray for those who need emotional healing right now. Come on, church. Hear our cry in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Call it out. Hear our cry, O God. Hear our cry, O God. Hear our cry, O Lord. Heal your, our, son, our, our daughters and our, and our sons today. Do what only you can do in their lives today, O God. We lift them before you today, O Lord. We worship you today. Receive this healing emotionally. Receive the healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive the healing right now. We commit it to you. I want you to look up this way if you're able. I want to declare from God's word to you what the word of God says. And this is this. This is the truth. Ready? You are a new creation. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has begun. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That you are weak, but he is strong. 
that in your weakness he is strong. With you it is impossible. With him all things are possible. You are to declare today, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am a victor in Jesus. Whatever come my way, that I know that I know. Holy Spirit, have your way here today. Have your way here today. Can I get an amen, church?